You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the Aaron Says What Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. everyone welcome to the Aaron says what podcast I'm your host Aaron Weinbaum today I have a special guest uh he is the he is I'm sorry he is a lightweight fighter in the UFC 14 and 2 2 and 1 in the UFC and uh before I bring him on let me just uh give him a little music here <laughs> Does that does that about sum it up? Are you the, are you the savior of the universe? Can you hear me? Oh, I mean, yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> I hope you heard the music as well. But uh, Flash Gordon, yeah, uh, I mean, what's that? No, I was going to say yes. I am the savior. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, uh, Flash Gordon. You know, you're in my uh, realm here with the nickname because that was right around when I was growing up. So. Uh, Definitely props for that, <laughs> and I actually remember that movie. And uh, I was I was a kid, kind of when it came out. But uh, anyway, man, I, I I know you get asked this a lot, but how do you go from UFC fighter from where you came from? And it's no secret that you you've struggled with addiction in the past, and uh, you know. And that's amazing to me because I have I have a sister who has struggled as well. She's doing okay now, but how does that happen, man? I mean, you know, when did it all start, and just uh, how you overcame it, and whatever you want to tell me, man. Uh, so I mean, it started at a young age. I started, you know, just doing kids' shit, smoking weed and drinking beers. But I was really young. I was like nine years old when I started messing around. Uh, but it just progressed into other things and, and eventually I uh, started training and I hurt my neck. So I started taking Vicodin and Vicodin led to Oxycontin and Oxycontin led to heroin. And next thing you knew it, I was, uh, shooting co- cocaine and heroin. <laughs> so, Damn. uh, it's been a long road. It's been a long road for me and, and, uh, I've had to do a lot. It's basically the biggest been been the biggest fight of my life and um you know i just have to keep working on it and it's a daily it's a day i get a daily reprieve from the work that i that i do every day and uh you know i have like i said i have to do it i have to work on it every day otherwise otherwise i could go back to living that lifestyle if i don't take it seriously now now when you say work on it every day do you do you do the meetings do you do all that kind of stuff yeah, I'm, uh, I go to AA and I have a sponsor and I, uh, you know, I do stuff on my own. Like I read, I read literature and, mm-hmm. you know, I, pr- I pray and, you know, uh, without God, 
I finally have come to the conclusion that without God, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing, and I probably wouldn't be here right now. So uh, it took me a while to come to that, to this point where you know I, I have to give it all to to him because uh, I've been through so much, and like there's nothing really like I can't explain it in any other way besides some higher power is like looking out for me. So. Um, that, that's how it's that's how it's been for me, man. It's just I gotta grind every day to stay sober, and just like just like fighting, I gotta grind every day to become a better fighter, and uh, it's just a daily thing, man. Wow, man, that's I mean that's inspiring. I mean, you know, luckily I've 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 never had to I've never had to really deal with that kind of stuff in my own life, except for you know with my sister and uh. You know, it's it's crazy how it works. she started at a very young age, also like eleven, twelve years old, and you know, and it's one of those weird deals because I'm seventeen years older than her, so it's almost like she's my daughter than my sister, and you know, I just I, I'm just thankful that that she uh, she stayed sober for a few years now. She did relapse once fairly badly, and you can just kind of tell when they do it. It's when they stop going to meetings. And for anyone out there, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you, if you suspect something, then there's probably something to it, but you know, I, I ignored it and I suspected it and you know, it, it was out of hand before it was too late. I mean, is that what you, I mean, is that usually how it goes? Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Uh, I mean, if you if you know someone pretty well and and you suspect that something's up, then the chances are very likely that something is up. So, I mean, uh, especially uh, the kind of drugs I was doing, like there's no hiding it, you know. So, uh, it's pretty obvious when someone is using heavy narcotics. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you can't you can't act too late, otherwise it it might be too late, you know. So if you, if you suspect something, chances are something's up. Yeah. And, you know, I hate saying that. And here's the problem. You, you want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but in the end, I'm not an addict. So I, I don't know what goes in, in an addict's mindset. And I try to think the best of people, but it's such a vicious, vicious thing. It's such a demon, man. And, you know, I, I learned the hard way with my sister and I, you know, maybe the first time I did too much for her and, um, you know, I, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say that, but I made it easy for her. You know, we, we were trying to just overcompensate so much, you know, with what she, what was going on with her and, you know, we were babysitting her kid so she could go to work. And then, you know, next thing I know, she just became just a little too dependent on me. You know, I watched her kid full time when she was, uh, when she went to rehab that first time, you know, and nothing against rehab, you know, it's, it, it worked for her for a long time that very first time. But then the second time, you know, when she relapsed, I'm like, she's like, well, I guess I'm going back to rehab and this and that. And, you know, she after she had lied to me uh, about doing the drugs and whatnot. And finally, I'm just like, you know, we're going to go to the hospital right now. And then we're going to go to a meeting. And, you know, I'm not so sure that I'm not so sure that I'm going to bail you out this time as much as I did. And, you know, we, we, we sat with her for the detox. We made sure she go to meetings and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, she stayed sober after that, but 
I really made her be more responsible for her life, be more responsible for a kid. You know, I changed her phone number so her her drug addict friends couldn't get a hold of her. I changed, you know, I I made her get off Facebook. Maybe that's all kind of extreme, but it's what's worked in that situation. No, not at all. And in any no, time, it's not extreme. Go ahead, please. Can you hear me? No, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good, good, good. I was going to, I was going to say that it's not, that's not extreme. Uh, I mean, like you have to walk a fine line. So, like, you don't want to enable them, and you don't want to baby them. So, right. But like, you have to do certain things to like keep them away from from bad stuff. So. Like everything you did sounds like, you know, pretty good. Obviously you don't want to enable them and allow them to be able to, you know, have the means to get back to doing what they were doing, but you definitely have to cut them off from certain things, especially, you know, people, places and things are what, you know, like there's a saying, it goes, uh, um, like if you hang around in a barber shop long enough, eventually you're going to get a haircut. You know? <laughs> yeah. So like if you hang around the same scumbags and the same the same environment long enough you're gonna go back to doing what you were doing. So I mean I think that you uh played it played it fairly well. Yeah, and I, there's nothing about it I liked. There's nothing about it I ever want to do again. And she uh God love her. I mean she's doing good now, but the, the here's the thing and I'm sure you can attest to this as well. They're so good at it. They're so good at hiding it for so long. Like you started at nine. She started at 12. I mean, and they know what to say. They know what to say to get the heat off of them. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to single someone out and say they and they're, they're bad and this and that. But, you know, just having experienced it firsthand and, you know, without going in too deeply about what I do for a living, I've literally employed thousands of people in my lifetime. And I, I've seen people come and go. I, I've seen people, you know, go through drug addiction, alcohol addiction, or or whatever, and you could just you could you could sniff a pattern, but at the same time you still doubt yourself. You're still like, you know, what if you're being paranoid? What if you're being this? What if you're being that? Yeah, I mean like you don't wanna just accuse someone of something, but like when there's certain clues, then I mean you know and like it's not going to hurt to ask someone, but, but as addicts, we are, we are master manipulators and master liars, you know, because that's what we have to do to, to get the next one. So, I mean, um, yeah, most of the time people are going to lie to you and bullshit you, especially if they're like deep in addiction, but, uh, everything you're saying sounds, uh, fairly normal when it comes to this kind of stuff. So, I think that you're making a uh, pretty your your look on it is sounds very typical basically. So now you know to the layperson, you know, let's say you go off the rails or a friend of you goes off the rails, what's what's the best course of action? What do you do? You know, some people panic and call the cops or take them to the hospital, but here's the you know, the hospitals, a lot of them will just make sure they're okay and send them on their merry way. I, I recently had a family member that chewed up a fentanyl patch and, uh, you know, it's not someone I'm particularly close to. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. 
I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I, wait, they put that in their mouth. Why would they put that in their mouth? And, you know, my wife, who was a, uh, used to be an emergency room nurse, she goes, well, it's they get it in their system a lot quicker. So, I mean, you if let's say you, you yeah. come upon somebody that would do something like that, how how do you combat that? What's the first thing you would do? I mean, if it depends what kind of drugs they're doing, but, like, if you're a heroin or an opiate addict, like, chances are you got to go to rehab or go to detox. So, I mean, depends how deep you are, but normally I would say they have to go back to uh, treatment, you know, and yeah. try to do it over again because those are the professionals, even though sometimes like rehab seems like it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's up to the person if they want to get clean, right. but the people in the treatment centers, you know, they know what they're doing and they know what you have to do to to get clean and they give you like a, they basically reteach you how to live life, you know, and, and how to stay away from doing what you were doing. So, I mean, for me, at least anytime I relapse, I always have to go back to treatment or, or detox it never really worked on my own. Cause like you have to, for me, I have to like remove myself from the street right. in order to like get enough space away from the drugs, you know? And once my head was clear, it was a lot easier to make like, rational decisions and and uh you know do what i had to do so so like normally when it comes to a serious narcotics opiates you gotta like you gotta go back to treatment that's like or detox and then and then do it all over again you know and how important is after all of that sticking with the meetings well for me that's like the only thing that keeps me sober so i think it's like so uh, people don't know this, but so the AA Big Book is actually the second, the second highest selling book in the in history behind the Bible. Wow! No, so it's amazing. The program works, and it's millions of people have gotten sober since I think it started in 1938 or something like that. AA. So I mean, like. It's a proven program that if you follow these simple suggestions, rarely does an alcoholic or addict go back to their old ways. Wow. So as long as you do what these people say, the chances are you're going to stay sober. So, And it says it in the literature. like If you follow our suggestions, rarely will you go back to doing what you do. But if you just decide to do it on your own, like then chances are you go back to doing what you were doing. Cause if it was up to me, I would fucking rob a bank and, and shoot my fucking friend in the face for his drugs. And, wow. and I would do what I want to do to get high, you know? So right. like my way, my way doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like I got to do, I have to follow a plan of action that is proven to work. Not, I can't like be left up to my left to my own devices. Right. And well, in the end, you're going to be addicted to something, probably. So, you know, whether it's meetings or training or fighting or whatever, you're going to find something because it's just your addictive nature. You're going to find something to focus on and, and keep going. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've replaced like, and it's not necessarily a healthy thing, but I've replaced, you know, drugs with exercising or food sometimes <laughs> or, uh, yeah girls you know what i mean right not necessarily that's a healthy thing but no but we're i'm an extreme i'm an extremist so i i do everything to like the the highest limit 
Yeah, I, and, and my sister's the same way, and she she's a lot of it with food, and she was a lot of it with meetings, and uh, you know how now it's work. And my wife didn't really get it, and I'm like, I, I'm like, I, th- I think no matter what, she's going to be, you know, all in on something. So whatever, whatever we think, you know, if it, if it's okay, I and mean, we need to be encouraging. So now, just real quick, then, so be, besides the drug use, what were, what was your background as a kid, like sports wise and all that? Uh, nothing much, actually. I mean, I, I wrestled one year in fifth grade and I, I played football for one year when I was like 12 or 13 and, uh, that was it. (laughs) I never really, I mean, I played sports like outside, like, but never like, not like real sports. Wow. That's amazing to me because, okay, then, so how do you go from not really playing sports to being a professional mixed martial, I can't even say it, mixed martial arts fighter. I don't know, man. I mean, I was always very physical. Like I, I loved to, uh, I always loved to like prove myself and be like the, the bigger guy or whatever. And, you know, like fighting in the street as a kid and all that stuff. But, uh, I just started training when I was 17. I boxed for a little as a kid also. My grandfather was a pro boxer. Yeah. And uh, when I was 17, I just joined an MMA gym because I, I was like in love with UFC at the time. It was, it was really big, getting really big. And uh, I just fell in love with the sport and that was it. I've been fighting ever since. Wow. It's amazing. And you have a big fight coming up December 15th on a card I very much want to go to. Oh, come. What's that? Come, I wish come. I could. I wish I could. Uh, I'm very much considering it, but uh, yeah. How's my dad? My dad must be listening. He's texting me all of a sudden. That's hilarious. But, uh, well, let's see. You are fighting and let's see here. A uh, certain real estate agent that I know is fighting. So you are on yep. the very last Fox card ever. It's a big deal, man. And uh, that's exciting. What do you know about the guy you're fighting? Yeah. Um, he's a striker, like a kickboxer. Uh, he doesn't really seem to want to take it to the floor at all. Um, it's nothing I've never seen before, but he's like a tough guy and. He, uh, he definitely, you know, he's, he, he's strong and he's, he hits hard and he, uh, he goes for it, but I think stylistically it's a great matchup for me. Um, you know, I'm going to look to mix it up and take him down and, and beat him up on the feet and beat him up on the floor. So I think I have more tools and I know I have more tools than he does. So I'm pretty excited to, to see what happens and go in there and get the win. Now look at ahead. What, you know, after you get that win, what what are you thinking's next? Or are you even not even thinking that far ahead? I mean, I'm definitely focused on this fight. Yeah. Uh, I would like to get on a card like soon after. But uh, right is just to make sure my hand is raised on December 15th. That's awesome. And uh, it's not totally out of the cards that I won't go. It's, uh, it's, it's about a six or seven hour drive for me. And uh, it's not totally out that, that I would want to do that. Uh, well, let's put it this way. I do want to do that. So it, it's more, it's just clearing it up with the wife and everything that's going on. It's right around the holidays and whatnot, but that is definitely a card. It looks like a really good card yeah. too. 
Now, on a different note, yeah, it is definitely. It's it's got some monsters. Hell yeah! Now, on a different note, you you train over at Rufus Sport, correct? Yeah, I just moved out here, and uh, it's been uh, nothing but great. Uh, I got a lot of really good training partners and a lot of guys my size, and and the coaching is uh, really phenomenal. So it's been a really good move for me, and everything everything's under one roof so i don't have to commute like i was doing in new york yeah and uh it's just been very convenient and a lot easier for me is there less temptation out in wisconsin than there is in new york no i mean if i wanted to get high here i could yeah (laughs) or if i wanted to drink alcohol it's pretty easy but uh no man i i mean I, i can go to alaska if i wanted to and find uh heroin so I mean, it's all the same everywhere I go, you know? That's crazy. I mean, you don't realize how prevalent that is. And, and where I'm from, I'm from the middle of Missouri, so meth is a big thing here. So you can make cracks all you want about uh, Ozark on Netflix or whatever, but it's not totally like that in the Ozarks, but the, the meth problem is pretty. And the heroin problem, you know, all that kind of stuff is pretty prevalent, you know, in the, in this part of the country as well. And uh, so now one more question here with your camp. It's been an interesting few days at Rufus Sport, has it not? Uh, we've had a lot of fights and, uh, now Ben Askren might be coming back or is coming to UFC. So I don't, don't, we don't know if he's coming or I haven't heard if he's coming back to train with us, but I think there's a pretty good possibility that he is. So I'm pretty excited to see, uh, if he does or not. That's amazing. Like I, 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 you know, I'm all into the MMA jokes and, and the accounts and whatnot, but I saw he was traded. I think Adam Hunter tweeted it first, and I'm like, this is a joke. It's got to be a joke, and I, I don't get it. But, man, yeah, <laughs> how exciting. What an opportunity. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what he does in, in the UFC. It, it looks like him and Darren Till, possibly. Um, I don't know how much I want to see that fight, but I can tell you that I have been – all the way on that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, me too. I think that he, uh, I think that he, ra- I think he rapes Darren. To be honest. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and uh, let's see if Darren yep. can make 170 <laughs> twice in a row too. But I don't think that would matter for Ben. He he's dealt with uh, some opponents that can't make weight in the past, and that uh, it was a Sapo in uh, one FC or one championship rather. But uh, my son's super excited because his school actually went to his wrestling camp over the summer in Wisconsin, and uh, I sent him with a vintage Funkamania wrestling shirt, and he got it signed, and now it's framed in his room. So he he's pumped. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, yes that's really is. cool. And uh, I can't wait for that, man. Um, you know, just about like everyone interesting I meet, I met you from a MMA parody account of Ally Quinta, and I appreciate all the love you give me there, and I appreciate the interaction. I have a lot of fun with you guys, and, uh, you know, uh, I hope you enjoy it. I really do. I hope it entertains you guys. Oh, yeah. We, we all really enjoy it, actually. It's pretty funny. You <laughs> do a really good job with it. Thank you. Who, who thought that uh, real estate could be so funny? And uh, it was not me for sure. Yeah, I'm telling you, got to make a uh, Jared the Junk account. I, I know, I need to. And uh, I think it would be really funny. I, I struggle with that. I, I, I mean, I'm going to do it, but I, oh. I, I gosh dang, I, I, I could get really mean with that. I, I could try to be funny with that, but. Uh, nah, dude, 
we can make it so that it's like so that it's funny, you know? Okay. Like it doesn't have to be negative stuff. It could just be like it could just be like Jared as a junkie, but still like a positive guy, you know? Gotcha. <laughs> well, I think I could do that. Man. And I, I think we should wait till after I win my next fight because I'm really not oh. that popular yet. Okay. So like, let me get my next fight and then we'll we'll get it on the road. Uh, you have to do a ridiculous interview with me, and you know, uh, to, I mean, I, I I guess Derek Lewis ruined the balls are hot for everybody, and uh, let's see, Ally Quinto ruined the you know, uh, boomy fuck you. So you, you have to come up with something, something golden. Yeah, I'm going to come up with something good for sure. All right, man. Well, if you, if you need any help, man, let me know. <laughs> but, uh, man, hey, it's been a pleasure talking All to right, you finally. You. Sorry this took so long to get together. I just got done coaching football and, uh, I haven't had as much time to do this kind of fun stuff as, uh, I would like to, but, uh, on your way out, is there anything else you'd like to, uh, promote shout out? Uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to my roommate. I love him. Uh, Bilal Muhammad. I'm actually sitting right next to him right now. What the fuck? And, uh, Tell he, him I he's said a big hi. Fan of, he's a big fan of yours. This is Rage and Owl account guy. Oh, hey, what up? What's up, Bilal? <laughs> What's happening, man? You're sitting there in the corner the whole time. He, he gives you no props whatsoever. Dude, I don't know who you're talking to. If I knew it was freaking Rage and Owl, I quit something. I would have been on the microphone with you guys. Oh, man. <laughs> I was hearing him do a stupid interview, and he was pissed off. Ah. Oh. <laughs> no, well, hey, listen, you know, I, I saw you had the answer in your apartment, and I, I just want you to move into a better neighborhood, okay? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I don't think you heard. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, dude. I hey, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And Bilal, hey, to, hey, I'd like to have you on soon as well. If, if, if you can hear me. Yeah, sure, man. All right. Beautiful. Out of Wisconsin. We'll hang up. I have an extra mattress. <laughs> hey, listen, dude. I'm in Missouri. I'm not too far off, man. And I make tricks of Chicago. So I'm there. Just uh, I'll, I'll let you guys know for sure. Yeah, let us know anytime you come on. Awesome. All right, man. Great talking to you. Thanks again. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll interact with you guys soon. All right. Have a good night. All right. Bye. You too. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Awesome. All right. So, uh, Jared Flash Gordon and a surprise Bilal Muhammad at the end. So, I want to thank those guys very much, especially Jared, for opening up about drug addiction and everything else he's had to go through in his life. And uh, I wish him nothing but the best. And I am picking him to win December 15th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, until next time, this is Aaron Weimel. The Aaron Says What Podcast. Shalom. Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com. Are you looking for a permanent home for your podcast? Well, Spreaker can do it all. Spreaker will give you your own RSS feed that you can submit to other platforms, including iTunes. Spreaker's mobile app will let you record from your smartphone, or you can use their web-based console with everything you need to record. Their podcasting plans include being able to host multiple shows, 
at no extra charge. Got a YouTube channel? Spreaker's got you covered. You can effortlessly upload your podcast audio to your channel. You can even move your current podcast to Spreaker without losing any of your iTunes subscribers. Try any plan 30 days for free using promo code ASW. Hmm?